What if you knew Fox News was just lying to you? How could you watch when you know? He was voted Variety Entertainer of the Year at the Excellence in the Arts Award. And it's one of the highest arbitrage now Nielsen-rated talk radio hosts in Las Vegas. He is also a refreshing voice of logic and reason. Live from the entertainment capital of the world, Doug Basham. I know words. I have the best words. I love the poorly educated. Right under the toilet. And good morning, my fellow wokes and Republican jokes. Thanks for joining me today. My name is Doug Basham, and welcome to the Doug Basham Show right here on KSHP in Las Vegas and on social media, and to a genuine demonstration of excellence in broadcasting. The website is DougBasham.com, last name spelled B as in Bob, A-S-H-A-M as in Mary, DougBasham.com, my email, Doug at DougBasham.com. Hey, if you are new to the show, here's all you need to know. My website is all of one page. That's it. You'll find the show's logo on top. Underneath it, links to everything associated with this show, including links to all the social media sites on which we broadcast the show live. But here's the only one you need. Click on the YouTube icon. Once there, click on the link that says live. There you can watch the show live or view the archive shows. Two clicks. That's it. Oh, and while you're on my YouTube page, if you could manage a third click and click on the subscribe link, I would be grateful. 221-7283 is our call-in number here at the station, folks. If you'd like to talk on the radio in our second half hour, that's 702-221-SAVE, as in Save Our Democracy, which is our ultimate and only goal in each and every show we do. So for the love of Gary, whoever he may be, and as the venerable Joy Behar of The View said just a couple days ago. I mean, he's cost a lot. Of, I think we should lock him up now. <laughs> well, some, <laughs> some of Instead of beginning today and the week with our Trump brain-dead mega cult base dumbass of the day, I thought we would start with what I'm going to call our powerhouse of the day and perhaps week, month, maybe even year. And I want to tell you, this isn't just something that should be heard. It should be seen. So if you're listening on the radio and you have immediate access to your PC, laptop, or phone, go to my website, click on the YouTube link, then click on the live link. 
I'll wait. If you can't do that right now, within minutes of this show ending, the show will be posted on my YouTube page, whereby you can view view and see this ad at your own convenience. View and see, they're kind of the same thing. This What this is, it's an ad the Lincoln Project put together. The Lincoln Project being one of the more prominent group of Republicans and former Republicans who well understand the clear and present danger and existential threat the orange trader poses to this country and are using every resource at their disposal to ensure this dangerous dictator wannabe never gets within a 100 miles of the halls of power ever again. This apparently is an ad they had planned on using during the 2020 election campaign, but with every credible poll showing Joe Biden beating Donald Trump, they chose not to. And I got to tell you, this is so incredibly well done, and it features many of Trump's superstar dictator idols, such as Benito Mussolini, Joseph Stalin, Fidel Castro, Nikita Khrushchev, Vladimir Putin, and of course, Adolf Hitler. This is one of the Lincoln's Project's best, in my view. I hope you're not just listening, but watching as well. At first, they seem ridiculous. The big egos. The bad ideas. Some of them seem almost comical. Not here, the people say. Yet, men like these find their following because they know how to use hate and fear. Fear of foreigners, immigrants, and minorities. Of Jews, Muslims, Christians. They dismiss the experts, demonize the press, promise they alone can deliver better lives and brighter futures. If they could only be rid of the obstacles to that power. Eventually, enough people buy it. They hand the fate of their nations over to madmen. But then suddenly, it's not so funny. The military deploys on the streets to protect the leader. Names appear on enemy lists. Opposition voices are silenced or imprisoned. The leader promises the right bloodlines will survive, and the wrong ones will be purged. It's an old story, one that could never happen here. The very idea is ridiculous, almost comical. There's no one dividing us, no one telling us who to hate, who to put in cages, no one demonizing the press, dismissing the experts, no would-be savior claiming he alone can fix our problems if only the obstacles to power are removed. No one singling out the other, telling us what should become of them. No enemy lists, no threats of imprisonment. No one lashing out when their ego is threatened, demanding absolute loyalty and using the military to control the streets. No, it can't happen. Not here. We know too well how it begins. And it's always been up to us how it ends. Wow. 
That was one powerful presentation. And again, if you weren't able to see it, a couple minutes after this show ends, it'll be archived on my YouTube page. Just go to my website, DougBasham.com, click on the YouTube link, then click on the link that says live and watch it. And as always, feel free to comment. Hey, folks, I thought I'd take a moment today to share with you how I go back and forth on issues with myself and how I literally debate with myself. And I want to relate this to the elections last Tuesday, and there's no question that abortion played a big role in the outcome. So I then asked myself, and I said this last Wednesday, will this issue be as strong in November of 2024 as it was in November of 23? I then asked myself, what if the QOP moderates their stance on abortion? Firstly, that's not likely, especially considering they just elected as their new House Speaker a guy who thinks there should be no exceptions to abortion. Secondly, and I, I hate saying this, but I guess Perhaps this is the silver lining behind and why we should maybe be thankful for the extreme mega chaos caucus, because I really can't see Bible thumpers like Marjorie Trader Trash Eight Toes Green and Lauren Boobs Ahoy Boobert moderating their abortion stances. If anything, what would be far more likely is the very second a non-MAGA and otherwise centrist Republican did try and moderate their abortion stance, Green and Boobert would start recruiting a MAGA candidate to primary them. But then I considered this scenario. What if they wait and moderate their stance once it's too late to put a primary challenger on the ballot? Yes, the Greens and Booberts would still scream bloody murder, but at least they wouldn't face a primary challenge. But then I wondered, what about the general election? And I concluded that could go either way. Yes, these Republicans were elected as moderates. However, it would depend on how much of their district or even state, in the case of senators, had ingested the orange trader MAGA poison. They may have been elected as moderates, but if their constituency has turned to the dark MAGA side... Who knows? They could face a tougher challenge than they did originally or previously. And then at the end of the day, there's the consideration, and I'd say likelihood, that Republicans are going to vote for Republicans and Democrats for Democrats. Sure, there was definitely crossover voters last Tuesday, wherein Republicans did not vote for Republicans. But again, Tuesday wasn't a national election. The outcome wouldn't affect who sat in the White House for the next four years. And in that scenario, both Trump and Biden will be on the ballot next year. And I wouldn't be surprised. In fact, I'd almost predict that some, if not most, of those crossover voters from Tuesday night will cross back over and vote for their mango messiah next year. Because as angry as those crossover voters were at their state's abortion positions, I'm not convinced they blame Trump for that. They should. I'm not sure they do, nor do they necessarily blame him for the Supreme Court's Dobbs decision on abortion. Although, again, absolutely they should. Yes, we know that that decision was a result of a so-called president who lost the popular vote, which is yet another reason the arcane and archaic electoral college needs to go. 
But I don't know if those last Tuesday crossover voters will hold that against Trump next year. Remember, Republicans writ large have a history of voting against their own best interests. And after a full year of humanity's orange stain telling them if they don't vote for him, we're going to become a dictatorship. And he's the only one who can prevent his doomsday lies. I can well see the abortion issue dropping, if not sinking, in importance to them. In order to vote for the person they've allowed themselves to be brainwashed into believing is the only one who can save them from a Democrat presidency, which Trump will beat into their heads, along with his media, will be a fate worse than death itself. So you can clearly see I wrestle with my own thoughts. Well, as fate would have it, as soon as I got home from Friday's show, I caught what to me was an extremely interesting discussion, where else, on my gal Nicole Wallace's show on MSNBC, Deadline White House. And I'll preface this by asking, what have I been harping on from the first day I went back on the air on the beginning of August? The clear and present danger and existential threat posed by Benedict Donald to this country. I've also talked in length of what I strongly believe will be Trump's lasting and toxic poisonous legacy, namely the acceptance of violence and or domestic terrorism as a means to political ends. Well, I turn on Michelle's show on Friday only to hear this. everyone. It's four o'clock in New York. It was only a matter of time. Today, an act's being described by officials as, quote, domestic terrorism. Election officials and other government officials are on high alert after fentanyl-laced letters were sent to officials. Georgia's Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger, who lost a child to fentanyl poisoning, sounded the alarm. I just want to really emphasize the seriousness of this. You know, some people like to call fentanyl a drug, but it's actually poison. It'll kill you. It'll kill you very quickly, very easily, and it's very dangerous. We lost our son five and a half years ago due to a fentanyl overdose. We know how deadly this stuff is. So this is very, very serious, and we take it that way. Anyone that holds election office or anyone that wants to hold election office with in, through coming through post-2024 elections, they're running for high office in this land. They need to condemn this stuff. So when they hear about this and someone's asked them today, you know, what do you think about this? If they don't condemn this, then they're not worthy for the office that they're running for. This is domestic terrorism, and it needs to be condemned by anyone that holds elected office and anyone that wants to hold elected office anywhere in America. And Raffensperger is 100% correct. But I got to say, good luck with that, Brad. When you have one political party who won't even condemn someone who stole classified and sensitive documents, then refused to return them, ignoring a subpoena in the process, when they won't condemn the stolen rigged election lies that according to those who have been caught, tried, and convicted, he incited, when they won't condemn the titular head of their party calling for high-ranking generals to be executed for treason, you really think they're going to condemn this? Don't hold your breath. Now, there may be a few who will offer token statements like, oh, this has no place in our politics. But the reality is, A, 
for the most part, it'll simply be lip service, as useless as thoughts and prayers after a mass shooting, and B, they'll be lying, as this kind of domestic terrorism absolutely does have a place in our politics today, and a predominant one. And it is the inevitable result when you mix a violence-inciting demagogue with a bunch of low-information, brain-dead country cousins. Nicole Wallace continued, and we discovered that where at least one of these letters was sent, Fulton County, Georgia, home of District Attorney Fonnie Willis and the Orange Traders RICO mob boss indictment. For our part, we will keep track of who heeds his call to condemn what Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger is describing today as domestic terrorism. Now, the letter was sent but not received by an election office in Fulton County, Georgia, the site of election fraud conspiracies peddled by the ex-president and his allies, where Donald Trump and more than a dozen other co-defendants are due to stand trial for their criminal enterprise that sought to overturn the results of the 2020 election there. Raffensperger added that as a precaution, workers in the Fulton County office are being trained to use Narcan. Narcan is a drug that is used to prevent overdoses from fentanyl. Jesus H. Christ on a cracker. What say we pause for a moment and just let that sink in, huh? Election workers are being trained in the use of a drug that is used to prevent overdoses. Somehow the phrase pops into my mind, hey, this isn't what I signed up for. And what a great recruiting tool. Hey, become an election worker today and learn the best ways to not die from the deranged domestic terrorists in Donald Trump's brain-dead mega cult base. Come on in! This is a byproduct of Donald Trump and Donald Trump alone along with his relentless lies, his dangerous lies, and his violence-inciting lies. And like I've, all, I've said from the beginning, and I'm not the only one, no one, no one should be subjected to domestic terrorism just for doing their patriotic jobs. But patriotism is a quality that too many MAGA morons have willfully thrown into the nearest dumpster they could find, likely in their living room. And how do you argue with Trump's brain-dead base? They think domestic terrorism is fine and dandy because they believe, or at least act like they do, that Trump's lies that the election was stolen from him and anyone who played a role in that deserves to be harassed, threatened, apparently now poisoned, and perhaps even killed. I mean, I'm no expert in how to debrief a cult member, but something needs to be done with these dangerous extremist domestic terrorists, yes? Like, make an example out of them in the public square, perhaps? And don't forget, Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger, who along with his family faced death threats after he just did his job and wouldn't succumb to the orange traders' demands for him to overturn the Georgia 2020 election. This is part of his under oath testimony to the January 6th Select, select Committee. Well, after the, after the election, uh, my email, my cell phone was doxxed, and so I was getting texts all over the country, and then eventually my wife started getting the uh, text, and hers typically came in as sexualized uh, texts, which were disgusting. 
you have to understand that uh, Trish and I, we met in high school, we've been married over 40 years now. And so um, they started going after her, I think, just to probably put pressure on me. Why don't you just quit, walk away? And so that happened. And then some people broke into my daughter-in-law's uh, home. And uh, my son has passed, and she's a widow and uh, has two kids. And so we're very concerned about her safety also. And Mr. Secretary, why didn't you just quit and walk away? Because I knew that we had followed the law and we had followed the Constitution. And I think sometimes moments require you to stand up and, and just take the shots when you're doing your job. And that's all we did. You know, we just followed the law and we followed the Constitution. And at the end of the day, President Trump came up short. But I had to be faithful to the Constitution. And that's what I swore I know to do. Someone broke into their daughter-in-law's home, the home in which their deceased son used to live. This is sick, twisted, and demented. I'm also recalling what I thought was the most impassioned and powerful dissertations I heard when these threats started emerging. This is top Georgian official Gabriel Sterling, I believe his words were prescient then and even more so and more important today than they were when he first said them over two and a half years ago. Every single one of them. Every single word. I'm going to do my best to keep it together because it has all gone too far. All of it. Joe DeGeneva today asked for Chris Krebs, a patriot who ran CISA, to be shot. A 20-something tech in Gwinnett County today has death threats and a noose put out saying he should be hung for treason because he was transferring a report on batches from an EMS to a county computer so he could read it. It has to stop. Mr. President, you have not condemned these actions or this language. Senators, you have not condemned this language or these actions. This has to stop. We need you to step up, and if you're going to take a position of leadership, show some. My boss, Secretary Raffensperger, his address is out there. They have people doing caravans in front of their house. They've had people come onto their property. Trisha, his wife of 40 years, is getting sexualized threats through her cell phone. It has to stop. This is elections. This is the backbone of democracy. And all of you who have not said a damn word are complicit in this. It's too much. Yes, fight for every legal vote. Go through your due process. We encourage you. Use your First Amendment. That's fine. Death threats. Physical threats. Intimidation. It's too much. It's not right. They've lost the moral high ground to claim that it is. I don't have all the best words to do this because I'm angry. And the, 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 the straw that broke the camel's back today is, again, this 20-year-old contractor for a voting system company just trying to do his job, just there. In fact, I talked to Dominion today, and I said he's one of the better ones they got. 
His family's getting harassed now. There's a noose out there with his name on it. It's, it's not right. I've got police protection outside my house. Fine. You know, I took a higher, higher profile job. I get it. Secretary ran for office. His wife knew that too. This kid took a job. He just took a job. And it's just wrong. I can't begin to explain the level of anger I have right now over this. And every American, every Georgian, Republican and Democrat alike should have that same level of anger. What you don't have the ability to do, and you need to step up and say this, is stop inspiring people to commit potential acts of violence. Someone's going to get hurt. Someone's going to get shot. Someone's going to get killed. And it's not right. I, I, it's not right. And y'all, I don't have anything scripted. This is, like I said, I'm going to do my best to keep it together. All of this is wrong. The Geneva who, who said for Chris Krebs to get shot is a former U.S. attorney. He knows better. The people around the president know better. Be the bigger man here and stop. Step in. Tell your supporters, don't be violent. Don't intimidate. All that's wrong. It's un-American. Powerful, prescient, courageous, and patriotic words from Georgia top election official Gabriel Sterling. And of course, neither Trump nor his lily-livered, yellow-bellied, sap-sucking cowards in Congress condemn these threats. Trump incited them, and QOP legislators are either okay with them or they're afraid of receiving them themselves. So they sit there and they do nothing. And their silence and their inaction betray their complicity in the destruction of theirs and our democracy. And shame on them. And as Nicole continued, we learned Georgia wasn't the only state receiving these letters. That letter is unfortunately, though, part of a dangerous pattern that has emerged in the last couple days. ABC News reports this, quote, authorities in at least two states are investigating a spate of suspicious envelopes sent to election offices this week in what one state official called an act of domestic terrorism. Washington Secretary of State Steve Hobbs said in a statement that envelopes containing unknown powdery substances were discovered Wednesday by election workers in several counties, prompting evacuations of those offices. And breaking this afternoon, the FBI field office in Portland, Oregon, confirms that suspicious letters were sent to several ballot counting centers in Oregon. Countering threats to election officials has become a major priority for the Department of Justice. The AP reported earlier this year that more than a dozen people nationally have been charged with threatening election workers by a Justice Department unit trying to stem the tide of violent and graphic threats against the very people who count and secure the vote in America. The threat of violence looming over election officials and election workers and election facilities is where we begin today with some of our favorite experts and friends. And next, we hear from Frank Figluzzi, former assistant director for counterintelligence at the FBI. I find it interesting from a law enforcement perspective that the letter that was sent to Fulton County appears to have been intercepted on its way, never got to its intended target. That tells me law enforcement and postal inspectors know what they're looking for. Um, and they, they understand in the mail system that if you see this, 
with this postmark, with these writings on the envelope, you stop it. And that appears to have prevented this from getting to its intended target. It will not stop prosecutors from charging federally whoever's doing this with severe consequences to include uh, election interference, uh, uh, interstate transportation of uh, hazardous material, even depending on the amount, potentially a weapon of mass destruction charge. Yes, this is domestic terror if it's designed to stop the election. There is some reporting, that it, vague reporting, that in one of the letters in the Pacific Northwest, uh, the sender said something about wanting to stop the election. So this is the environment we're in, a dead, potentially deadly substance being used to threaten and intimidate a government entity, election officials, in the hopes of perhaps getting such a hazmat response, hazardous materials, rescue people, the police, that you'd shut down or temporarily at least stop the counting of votes or the process. But the mindset, you and I have talked about it, the mindset we're dealing with here is it doesn't matter. I'll go to federal prison. I'm, I'm doing this from a cause I believe in. Uh, let's, let's have at it. And by the way, this story goes along with another one that was reported in our Las Vegas Review Journal also on Friday. Headline read, quote, letters containing fentanyl sent to election offices in Nevada and other states, end quote. Sick, twisted, deranged losers in Donald Trump's brain-dead MAGA cult base. Adrian Fontes is the Secretary of State in Arizona. I receive emails from the right-wing whack job he thankfully defeated, Mark Fincham. First, Fincham is a member of the right-wing militia group, the Oath Keepers. Second, he filed a motion to have the Arizona election results thrown out and a new election held. Third, he traveled to Washington, D.C. to take part in the January 6th insurrection. Real peach, this guy. This is the kind of violence inciting rhetoric he includes in his emails. Quote, is it any surprise that Arizona Secretary of State is a cartel lawyer? It's no surprise to me, that's for sure. He and his cronies are wannabe mafiosos abusing their power to kneecap anyone who stands in the way. This is certainly what happened after the fraudulent 2022 election. They kneecapped me, Carrie Lake, and Abe Hamaday. And when we fought back, well, you know what happened. We were forced to pay ridiculous, unconstitutional, and abusive sanctions to pay for lawyers that were, to our understanding, working pro bono. Where was this money going? You might as well ask Don Corleone. But the purpose of this is clear. If they destroy the lives of anyone who opposes them, then who will oppose them? This is what awaits us if we give up the fight. I refuse to do that. You know what the problem is in Arizona? The executive branch is run by the likes of Cartel Katie and Fontes the Fraud, and the judicial is run by corrupt activist leftist judges, end quote. And then, of course, after every email he sends, there's a link whereupon you can donate to this traitor. Here's Arizona Secretary of State, thankfully, Adrian Fontes, followed by Pennsylvania Secretary of State Al Schmidt, testifying before Congress Select Committee. We don't feel safe in our work because of the harassment and threats that are based in lies. 
Just ask a former county recorder about her dogs, poisoned as a means of intimidation. Her story is one of many veteran Arizona officials from both political parties who've left the profession for the sake of their own physical, mental, and emotional health and that of their families. In the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, we have now lost uh, about 70 election directors or assistant election directors in our 67 counties. And in some counties since 2020, they have changed election after election after election. And the consequences of that, I think, are sometimes on display. When you have people running elections who have less experience running elections, they're more likely to make uh, to make errors and make errors in an environment where everything is perceived as being intentional and malicious and seeking to out change the outcome of the election. Doesn't this all seem like part of yet another Trump incited and inspired conspiracy? Another dagger to the heart of our democracy? Do as much as you can to gum up the entire election process? Throw as much sand as you can into our electoral gearbox? Reduce the number of honorable election workers with these threats so mega morons can happily replace them and really try and steal an election? I mean, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but this certainly smells like another Trump conspiracy to me. Anyone agree? Again, we hear from Arizona Secretary of State Adrian Fontes, who offers a solution he believes will help alleviate these death threats and acts of domestic terrorism. But the reality is uh, you don't have a First Amendment right uh, to threaten people who are just doing their jobs, especially not uh, in a population where the vast majority of whom, uh, you know, get threatened because of their gender. Uh, and a lot of those threats are, are gender related. Uh, that's really problematic. So uh, I agree with the premise. I agree with the notion. Uh, and I agree also that not just a little bit more of that, but also potentially more public promotion of the prosecutions, uh, many of which have been very, very successful. Uh, the DOJ tends to be a little bit uh, modest, I think, sometimes. But the reality is, if folks out there understand that this sort of behavior is criminal and will result in prosecution, uh, then hopefully we can get a lot of that anti-American activity out of our civil society and get back to the notion of winners winning and losers trying harder next time instead of having to worry about political violence yeah. um, in, in, in our civil space. Okay, point well taken. And like I said, perhaps make an extreme example out of these domestic terrorists again, like maybe in the public square. But still... Not the ultimate solution that's going to change anything, at least in my not always humble opinion. Next, Nicole spoke with Michigan Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson, who I love, and as you will hear, is no stranger to MAGA threats. And at the end of this bit, as she always does, Nicole hits the nail right on the head. How are you doing? Are you facing threats? I mean, we got to know you when there were Trump supporters outside your home. You were inside with your son. It's something you testified to before the January 6th Select Committee. Um, I know it has been a sustained threat environment, but it does feel particularly acutely ramping up. Um, I'm heartbroken. I'm furious. I'm angry that people who put their lives on their lines to just make democracy work are facing this type of pressure and threat. 
But I am always also optimistic. We have to protect the people who protect democracy. And just minutes ago, the Michigan State Senate passed a bill strengthening penalties for those who would threaten election workers. So we know what is unfolding today is the beginning, not the end of what we're going to face this cycle. And I'm, I'm angry about it, but I know many of us will funnel that anger into a determination to ensure these domestic terrorists will not win. Do you have these conversations with election workers who come to you and say, I, 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 I love you? I love the work, but I've got a young family. I'm not doing it. Yes, every day. What do you tell them? Tell them either do what's best for you and your family, and we will work to ensure we recruit, train, and uplift folks to fill your spot, or we talk through the support they're going to get if they stay. The enhanced legal protections, the law enforcement support, election security. We made $8 million of election security grants available for our clerks as well so that they could do everything from put bulletproof glass where they needed to to hire additional security staff. So we're there to provide support. But we also understand this is a challenging moment for everyone. But I will say, by and large, in Michigan, I've been really encouraged by the number of folks who've stayed in the profession determined to make sure this type of hate will not win. Can I stop everything? Bulletproof glass? Yeah. This is not a um, mystery. We don't need Inspector Clouseau. Donald Trump did this. The reason they need to spend their dollars in their state on bulletproof glass is because of Donald Trump. Yeah, this is all the result of one man and one man only. This is the result of too many short-sighted, apathetic, or just stupid Americans awarding a demagogic strongman with dictatorial inclinations the highest office in the land. Democratic strategist Basil Smichel further explained just how insane this entire dumbass MAGA movement with their fealty to Donald Trump and their willingness to commit acts of domestic terrorism on his behalf truly is. Donald Trump did this. The reason they need to spend their dollars in their state on bulletproof glass is because of Donald Trump. Right. But I fear it's not the only state that's going to have to do this. I love what you're saying in terms of um, uh, determination through danger, because that's kind of the message for these workers. And having just voted the other day, these are senior citizens that are sitting at a table, taking anyone that comes in with a smile, with a sort of embrace to say, we are joined with you in this civic activity and proud of it on both sides. So to continue to hear this, these types of stories in my mind very quickly went to the Unabomber mm. um, because I, you know, I, I just so vividly remember that time and hoping that we don't get back to this in some massive way. We've got a year's worth of elections next year. Um, and to have to spend $8 million on um, election security, and I imagine every state is going to have to do some level of that, and I hope they do it quickly. But in, in addition to the expense of holding an election, now we have to provide millions more dollars just to make sure that the people who are involved in the process can do it safely. This is absolutely insane. As Basil said, we're talking about senior citizens volunteering to do their patriotic duty and help facilitate the most cherished right Americans have in this country, their, their right to vote. And now they have to have bulletproof glass installed because of threats from Trump's brain-dead mega cult base. What is wrong with these people? This is absolutely demented, deranged, unhinged. 
And this is all thanks to the lies, crimes, and desperation of one evil, unpatriotic, treasonous, malignant monster, Donald friggin' Trump, who doesn't give a good goddamn how many lives he destroys or even how many deaths he causes in his quest to prevent his treasonous ass from rightfully dying in prison. I do not believe I have ever hated another human being a fraction as much as I loathe, despise, and detest this repulsive, pernicious, orange maggot. And for those on the right who like to lazily and stupidly play, oh, you've got TDS, as in Trump derangement syndrome, again, that's lazy. It's stupid. Second, when it comes to traitors, hatred is the only appropriate and patriotic response. And third, if you really feel the need to use that acronym, use it accurately. Apply it to the true patriots in this country who, yes, have TDS, traitor derangement, derangement syndrome, as they should. 221-7283 is our call and number here at the station, folks. If you want to chat, that's 702-221-SAVE. We'll head to the phones right now, and we'll start with our resident psychologist, Carl. You're first. Thanks for calling. Hey. Uh, listen, that little uh, clip you played in the beginning about how uh, they wouldn't play because uh, they didn't think he'd be elected, uh, that has to do with a kind of a phenomenon. I think I've mentioned it before. I don't know, called social psychology, which re means that to a point that a cult or a group, uh, if they in their same mind as the person speaking, which would be Donald Trump, Trump uh, believes the same thing. And uh, if you ever look at old photo, uh, old movies of like uh, Adolf Hitler or Mussolini or whatever, making speeches to crowds and the look in their faces and their eyes. And I look at the people in Donald Trump rallies. It's the same thing. Yeah, Carl, Carl, let me, let, let me interrupt you right there and forgive me for so doing. But I assume you heard that on the radio. You didn't see it on social media, right? Yeah. Because what you mentioned is exactly what's featured in the ad. And, and what struck me is when they showed footage of Benito Mussolini, everything about him, his mannerisms, even his face, yeah. the way he looked, it, it, it was a carbon copy of yeah. Trump. Yeah. Well, listen to this thing. He just made a speech, I think it was yesterday, the day before, I forget the day, where he called the people who are vermin. against him vermin. Yep. Now, that comes directly from what Adolf Hitler called Jews yep. and what Mussolini called other people. And what that does is it brings down the the worth of the person as non-human, makes them non-human. It yep. makes them easier to, to kill or to get rid of. And that's what he's trying to do, follow these dictators. Yep. Oh, absolutely. That's I mean, it. there's no question. And I, I actually have that sound clip and video clip. I just didn't get to it today, nor will I, maybe tomorrow. Yeah. But you're absolutely right. He is emulating, and not just emulating, but copying dictators of the past. And why these people that follow him, I mean, are they that ignorant of history? I mean, there's certain things that even Nimrod should be aware of, even if you don't pay attention or just pay sparse attention 
But yeah. but this whole but, right-wing authoritarian thing seems to be cyclical. And every 20, 25 years or so, it rears its ugly head, and there's always people stupid enough to fall for it. Yeah, but one other thing, too. Did you notice recently he's been calling the President of the United States uh, Obama? Not yeah. uh, oh, Biden. And he's did, doing that for a reason. That's not an error. He's trying to make people think that he's running the country, Obama, and he wants people to to actually uh, uh, think badly of black people. That's what I think. Well, he actually came out and made an excuse. Personally, I think it's just a faux pas, just a gap, because Trump is not as sharp as he used to be, and he makes a lot of gaps, no. and we play him on the show. He brushed it off no. and, and rationalized it by saying, oh, that wasn't a gap. I said that because it's really Obama that's running the country. Well, no, it was a gap. Yeah, maybe so, but he has reasons for a lot of things he says. Uh, so, well, you know, Carl, whatever. Carl, I understand, anyway. your, I understand your theory, but you're giving him too much credit. <laughs> I mean, that would take a certain thought process to do that, and Trump doesn't have the capacity to do that. Well, it was just a gap. He can't, he can't get any credit from any bank in the world, so I guess I'm not going to give him any. <laughs> the one thing me and Trump have in common. Go figure. <laughs> take it easy. Hey, you too, Carl. Thanks for calling. 221-7283 is our caller number, folks. If you want to chat, that's 702-221-SAVE. Back to the phones we had, and we'll consult with our consultant on all things political, Big Bad John. You're next. Thanks for calling. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, you could spend all day scouring the uh, the Internet and social media looking for the gold nuggets that uh, Doug unearthed earlier, uh, uh, or you can watch uh, Nicole call me. I'm better looking than Doug. Call me, Nicole. No, you're um, not. <laughs> I had to shoot my shot, Doug. I mean, uh, I mean, or, you are, John. You are taller. I'll give you that. <laughs> oh man, she's hot. Oh, she's Holy just gorgeous. Man. And you know what? It's not just that she's gorgeous. I mean, the way Nicole formulates her questions. Sometimes it'll take her three minutes to ask a question, but rarely are there just stall or weasel words in there. It's very well thought out, very nuanced, very intelligent. I mean, I just love everything about her. Isn't life funny, Doug? I used to hate her. She used to be on Morning Joe, and she was the Bush Republican. I know. And she she ha she has this voice that can cut through the 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 the, the background and, and can rise to the top. And so you pay attention to her. If there's three people talking, her voice rises to the top, and you listen to her. I know. She used to drive me crazy. Yep. But lo and behold, she has character, just like Steve Schmidt has character, uh, just like Liz Cheney. I used to hate Liz Cheney. Now yep. I absolutely love her. Some of these Republicans have character, and I would argue this, Doug, that, uh, you know, there's no question that Donald Trump is a stochastic terrorist. And by the way, I disagree with you. I agree with Carl. I think Trump is doing it on purpose. It's a racist ploy. Uh, I, I absolutely think he's doing it on purpose. He's done it more than once. Uh, but anyway, um, there's no question that Trump is a stochastic terrorist. There's no question that he is the person who set the force in motion uh, that resulted in the fentanyl winding up in those envelopes. Um, can you cr pin the criminal uh, liability on him? It's very tough. 
Uh, it's more of a civil negligence is far more uh, manageable in civil liability than criminal liability. Right, right. Uh, but but my point is this: you listening, JD? My point is, if you still follow this guy after you see what's happening, after you see what Brad Raffens, another hero, Brad Raffensperger, and Gabriel Sterling, another hero, Republican. Yeah, exactly. Uh, if if you still support this guy, shame on you. You're going to burn in hell. Somebody's going to die, and we can't pin criminal liability. It's very difficult to pin criminal liability on Trump for stochastic terrorism. Right. But the only reason he still has that power is because you support him. Are you listening, J.D., and all you other fraud Republicans out there? And when somebody dies, and they will, they already have, but when more people die, some of that blood is on your hands. And when you die and you go to the pearly gate, don't be surprised if God says, nah, sorry, buddy, Uh, you had your chance to prove your character and you failed miserably. Yeah, yeah, I know. I mean, you know, and, and I agree with you wholeheartedly, John. I used, I used to hate Nicole too. I mean, I, I agree with everything you said, but then that one night we spent together in Soho changed everything. <laughs> oh shoot! I told her I'd never mention that. I'm in no, trouble. I'm, I'm in trouble now, John. You may have a shot. I'm jealous. Call me, Nicole. I'm better looking. I don't care what he says. I'm better looking, Nicole. Call me. Hey, John. Great job, Doug. I appreciate your call. <laughs> oh, son yeah. of a gun. Yeah, that's funny. John and I, neither one of us could stand Nicole Wallace. I mean, it it just goes to show you that people can change. Nicole Wallace is still a conservative. She just recently married another conservative. But she's a conservative with character, with integrity, with honor, with decency, who still puts some stock in the truth and the Constitution and democracy. And she couldn't go along with all the lies and violence inciting rhetoric of Trump. And that is to her credit. And yet I I see on the right-wing message boards upon which I alert, they put Nicole Wallace down. What's up, Mark? Oh, we got Mark on the line. Hey, Mark, you're next. Yes, okay, really quick. Uh, All of these threats to election workers at uh, various offices, poll workers in particular, might just drive more states to go much harder toward mail-in voting, which is much safer for people overall. And then you have a centralized office where you can actually have Metro and other people posted and nab these idiots when they try to threaten the office. Great idea. Great point, Mark. Okay. As always, yeah, I know you. I mean, I would expect yeah, nothing well, less. Thank you. Yeah, I would expect nothing less from you. Uh, well, my wife does, and she often gets it. <laughs> Don't forget your waitress. Hey, okay. Mike, I appreciate the care. thought. You take care. All right, folks, that's it. That's a wrap. We have to run. I appreciate you listening. I appreciate you calling. Remember the website again, DougBasham.com. My email, Doug at DougBasham.com. We'll be back tomorrow, and we'll do this all over again, hopefully with you. Until then, take care. What you got, why don't you change?